If you will, turn to Psalm 103. Amen. I chose Psalm 103 this morning while you're turning um, because simply because it's my favorite psalm, always has been, mainly because it deals with the goodness of God yes. towards us, especially in the areas of forgiveness, mercy, yes. long-suffering. Yes, yes. And, I, you know, we've been studying the Lord in His, in His attributes, and some of them are... He's omnipresent. He's all-powerful. He's everywhere. He's, he's all-knowing. He's holy, and He's just. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I don't want a God like that that's not merciful, right. that knows me. That's not a good thing for me. He's not merciful and patient and long-suffering and forgiving. So, Amen. Amen. I'm going to read Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Amen. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west... So far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. Amen. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. Amen. As for man, his days are as grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over, <clears throat> for the wind passeth over it, and it is gone. And the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared his throne in heaven, in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless you, the Lord, all his host, you ministers of his, that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Amen. Each one of these verses deserve a sermon or two. Um, I'm going to try to hit a few high points that, that the Lord put on my heart as I was going over this. Starting in verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me. How do we bless the Lord? How do we serve the Lord? Do we do it with all that is within us? Or do we give Him our leftovers? Do we give Him half? How do we do it? When the Lord is commanding us and He's teaching, hey, to seek me or to follow me or to obey Him or to worship Him and things like that, there's words, He uses words like diligent and, and great and might and, and delight. And they're usually preceded more times than not, they're preceded with an all, or a whole, or a great. So, in the Lord Jesus Christ, when he was asked what was the greatest commandment, he summed it up all very well when he said, 
He answered him and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. The Lord will accept nothing less. He deserves nothing less. Verse 2, And forget not all his benefits. The Lord is worthy of praise, honor, and glory just because he is the God that we have been studying. And he needs no other reason. But because he is so good to us and so kind, he loads us with benefits. <clears throat> and they're more than can be numbered. I, I'm not even going to try to number them up right now. But he, he lists a few of pretty important ones in, in, the next, in the coming verses. First of all, he starts off with, He forgiveth all our iniquities. Yes. I like the word all there. Yes. You know, one iniquity, one sin, one that wasn't covered, one that wasn't forgotten, wasn't covered or dealt with, was enough to damn us to hell, yes. as Adam found out. But the Lord is going to present a perfect church that is without spot and without blemish. He covered them all. Truth be told, we should really just close. We could close the book and go home, because comparatively speaking, that's that's all that matters. That's what really matters. But He's so good that He adds a lot of other things to that. Verse four: Who redeemeth thy life from destruction? Has the Lord redeemed anybody in this room's life from destruction? I can tell you right now, he's redeemed everybody in this room's life from destruction. He may have done it like he did me, Brother Mark, Brother Ed, some others that are in here. The devil had us. He had it in his grip. The lion had devoured us. The world had got a hold of us. And the Lord, in his kindness and and mercy, pulled us out of the mouth of the lion, pulled us out of this world, set us on a rock, and established our goings. He redeemed our life. And there's some of you in here who from the, pretty much from the time you were born, the Lord, the Lord protected you. He surrounded you. He did not let the devil or the world get their grubby little paws on you. And he redeemed your life in that way. He has redeemed all of our lives from destruction. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercy. Once again, has he crowned anybody in here with loving kindness and tender mercy? Where do we start? Where do you want to start? With the, with the fact that you want to talk about carnal things, he's given us all things richly to enjoy. This generation, if anything, we've got too much. Yeah. We are so blessed. Yeah. We, he's done so much more. As we've talked about, he's revealed himself to us. He's revealed himself in creation. He's revealed himself to us through his word. Right. He's, he's shown us. He didn't have to do that. Right. He chose in his tender mercy and loving kindness to reveal himself to us. He's given us his word. He's given us eyes to see and understand what he's hid from most people. Yes. That is a tender mercy. Amen. He's given us teachers, beginning with the apostles and all the way up to our pastor, to help us to understand and explain these things more perfectly that we may know him better. Yes. It's a tender mercy that he wants to know us. Are you kidding? Right. That's a tender mercy and a Amen. loving kindness. And he wants to he know us. He has to humble himself to behold the things in heaven and earth, but yet he wants to fellowship and commune with us. Right. Amen. Amen. He has given us joy that's unspeakable, peace that passeth understanding, hope that is sure, not hope, not hope like the world has that maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. Sure. More sure than anything we know, hope. He's made us sons, he's made us heirs, he's given us promises that are sure once again. Not to mention the carnal blessings that he's bestowed upon us. Not to mention again the little small things he does for each one of us as individuals. There's, what, 7 billion people in the world now, something like that. But I love the little tender kindness that he shows us. Yes. Just you, just you. Yes. He picks you out of yes. the thing. 
It can be something I can't tell you how many times I've, for me, looking and reading, the Lord will put something on your heart. And you'll read it and you'll, and you'll be excited about it. You haven't even talked to nobody about it. You haven't even talked to Deborah about it yet. You'll come to church on Sunday and our pastor will get up and he'll say, well, I was planning on preaching on this, but last night the Lord just put this on my heart, so we're going to change it and we're going to do this. And I'm just sitting back there. And it's, and it's what the Lord had put on my heart. Right. Tender mercy. He knows I love that. He does that for me. He does that for all of us in, in different ways. Thank you, Lord. But his best, my favorite tender mercy and loving kindness is covered in verse 8 through 13. And that's his patience, his understanding, his forgiveness in the way he deals with us. It's wonderful. I love it. David knew it. David knew it obviously from the psalm, but if you'll read Psalm 51 and starting with verse 1, when David is repenting for what he did with Bathsheba and with Uriah, after, after Nathan has come to him, he starts off by saying, he starts off his prayer of repentance to the Lord by saying, have mercy upon me, O God, according to what? According to thy loving kindness. According to what else? The multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. David knew that. If we look at verse 8, I love the word in this. The Lord is merciful and gracious and slow to anger, and he's plenteous in mercy. I love the wording here, plenteous in mercy, slow to anger. When I was in Tennessee and I was, we were coaching football, and you'd be evaluating talent, and you'd get a kid to come in there who wasn't very good. We'd look at them, and we'd look at each other, and we'd make a comment, something to the effect of, well, he's not very big, but that's okay, because he makes up for it by being really slow. And those of you all that don't understand what I just said, in football terms, that's bad, bad. That's not good. But the Lord is not that way. The Lord is good, good, because he is slow to anger. Is anybody in here thankful that he's slow to anger? Yes. But he's plenteous and quick in forgiveness. How long did it take him to forgive David? As quick as Nathan could speak. And he's plenteous in mercy. Verse 10 and verse um, 10 and 11 deal with, I'm sorry, yeah, verse 10. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Is anybody in here thankful that the Lord is not fair? Amen. Amen. The world wants to say they, they understand our, they hear our understanding of election and of God's sovereignty, and a lot of people want to say it's not fair. And of course, our response is, you're right, it's not fair. If God was fair, he would have sent us all to hell yesterday. Right. So thank you, Lord, for not being fair. Amen. But that kind of understanding, that should cause those of us who the Lord has chose to shed his mercy and his love upon, that should cause us, that should make us to love him and to serve him with all our might, heart, soul, and strength. Lord, help us. Verse 11 and 12 deal with the the magnitude of of the Lord's mercy and forgiveness. I love, once again, the wording, as far as the heaven is high above the earth. How far is that? As far as I know, it's infinite. I don't know where it ends. Does anybody? It's infinite. But I do know one thing. Verse 12 tells us that he has removed my transgressions as far as the east is from the west. I know how far that is. And if anybody in here doesn't know how far the east is from the west, then go get you a jet airplane, fastest one you can find, fill it up, fill it up with gas, start going east. Stop, refill it, and just keep doing that for about the next 10 weeks. And when you start going west, let me know when that happens. Because I can tell you when it will happen. Never. Infinite. You're never going to go. If you go north and south, you know if you go north. I love the wording. If you start going north, I know everybody knows this, but you're eventually going to start going south. 
If you go far enough, if you walk far enough, you're going to eventually start going south. But east and west, it never changes. If you start going east, you're going east. Thank you, Lord. That's awesome. Verse 13 and 14 deal with the Lord's mercy. And the way he's just so kind and gentle to us. I, there's so much that could be said about this. As a father, the way a father pitieth his children, and the Lord knows our frames. Yes. Oh, but what the Lord has really put on my heart about this thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately is poor old Gideon. I'm starting to really like that guy. You know, we know. We look at Gideon, and that, that was a, it, we would look at him in the natural eyes and think, that is a weak man. But how did the Lord address him when the angel first appeared to Gideon? Gideon, thy mighty man of valor. Right. I'm sure Gideon was... You know, is there another Gideon around here? I'm sure everybody that was around was doing that. But the Lord is so kind. And then the Lord, very gently, knowing the weakness of his frame, he took him through stage after stage after stage until finally Gideon ends up in Hebrews 11. Are you kidding me? The Lord is so merciful. He understands our weakness of our flesh. And he pities us. As a father pitieth his children. Thank you, Lord. Verse 15 and 16 deal with the fact that we are very temporal, like the grass, we're here, and then we're gone. Right. And, and, and I like that because, because of verse 17, there's a con- it makes a contrast between 15 and 16. And that contrast is though man is temporal, and we're here, and then we're gone, and forgotten for the most part. Verse 17 says, one of those buts again, yes. but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him. As Brother Newell said this morning, it's forever and ever and ever and all the evers you want to do upon them that fear him. However, in this, there is, some, there is a few um, conditions to this. Now, we know when it comes to our choice from the, before the foundations of the world and our, and our election before God, there is no conditions that is settled. There is nothing that you or me can do to, 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 to help it. And thank you, Lord, there's nothing we can do to hurt it. That is settled. But some of these tender mercies and blessings that are given to us, as far as when this world is concerned, there, there are some conditions. And the, David lists them here for those that fear him, for those that keep his covenant in verse 18, for those that remember and do his commandments. And we know that the commandments that the Lord gives us are, are good. They're not grievous. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And his commandments are not to punish us or to hurt us, but it's to lead us to a better life in this world right. and to please Him and draw us nearer to Him. Amen. I like the way the chapter ends. And in closing, in verses 20 through 22, David is exhorting once again his own soul uh, at the end of it. But he starts off, he, David is exhorting the angels. Bless the Lord, ye angels that excel in strength. He comes down and he says, Bless you the Lord, all ye hosts, ye ministers. Then he comes down in verse 22 and he says, Bless the Lord, all His works. David is exhorting everybody and everything created to, 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 to join him and to bless the Lord. And in closing, I would just exhort myself, I, I exhort my own soul, I exhort everybody in here for us this week, today, as we worship the Lord, as we go out of here this week, and I would, that we would bless and worship this great, merciful, kind, and good God. Right. And we would do it, as, chapter, as verse 1 says, that we would bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Yes. Bless his holy name. Amen. Amen.